Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. So glad you're here. Hey, did you notice that the, the old build building is tore down yeah. out there? So good. If you didn't get a help in the destruction, you can help in the construction. All right, which we're going to be starting pretty soon. And again, it's going to be a slower process. But uh, for all the guys that showed up yesterday uh, to tear that thing down, um, again, I didn't even know, I didn't even think in my brain we were going to have the, the building down. I thought we we're going to get it cleaned up and whatnot. Um, and then my dad shows up and he likes equipment. And he's good with it. And he's like, we're just going for it. So everybody that showed up to, to tear that thing down. And we were out of here at 140. And I was like, wow, we can destroy things really fast. And uh, it, was, it was really good. And you know, the building will take a lot longer to erect. But, you know, as we talked about previously is that, that a lot of times you have to tear down what's old to, to bring in what's new. And, and that is our life, right? God has to sometimes tear some stuff down, put some things in the fire uh, in order to bring what's new. And, and so today, speaking of fire, we're going to talk about heaven and hell. Um, and uh, in first service, it was a little bit hard. It was, it was kind of somber. I, I, I thought there'd be a little more rejoicing that uh, if you're a Christian, you don't have to spend your eternity in hell, which I think is a great message for Thanksgiving, right? Um, has anybody ever, anybody ever got out of a traffic ticket? Like you deserved it and you, and you didn't. Isn't that great? Wouldn't it be great for the IRS to say, hey, you owe you know, 150 grand, but you don't have to pay for it because somebody else did. Um, you wouldn't just say, hey, thanks for the info. And no, you'd be like, ah! And so I want our approach, um, if you have given your life to Jesus today, to have that thankfulness that, that we were saved from something we deserved, and that's an eternity in hell. And so that's what we're talking about today. Uh, it was planned for last week. Um, again, thank you so much for all the love that you showed my wife and I uh, for our 25th year here. Um, and it wrecked me. I couldn't even preach this message. And so thanks for bringing out the emotions in me that I didn't know existed, <laughs> except at Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, which we've been watching a lot lately. I've tried to be the best husband that I can be. Um, and uh, we're going to talk today again about the destination being in our decisions. And so that will be the title of the message. Uh, a few other things we need to deal with. Um, so Marty L. Hart, as many of you know, passed away. He's been, uh, was a member of our church for a long, long time. And his memorial service is this Saturday. Um, his son has to go back. Uh, he's in the military. So he, that was the weekend we had to do it. So 11 o'clock this coming Saturday, we're doing the memorial service. And uh, which everybody's invited to that. Um, and so thanks for being a great church family. I appreciate you. And uh, here's a question that I start out with myself is, is what drives me? What drives me as, as, a, as a man, as a pastor, as a Christian? What is it that I wake up for in the morning? Um, I'll tell you, it's not a building project, though that is, is be on my mind. This will be number five um, in the 25 years we're here. Uh, this one will probably kill me. Because uh, it's big, uh, but at the same time, it, it won't. Uh, I'm excited about it, but we're not building a building just to build a building, okay? We are building a facility to help people in their walk with God. Uh, most importantly, it's to introduce people to the life-saving power of Jesus Christ. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, you know, I'm not going to just build something to build something because that's just work. But when we have a reason why we're building it, we're going to create a, a greenhouse, so to speak, for spiritual growth, for people to hang out and talk and build community. Uh, but the most important thing we can do as a church is, is give the message of Jesus Christ because, guys, heaven and hell are real places. They really are. And so uh, we all understand, if you're a parent especially, that we can see that people's decisions have a destination. Uh, we're kind of picky about who our kids hang out with right? Because there's always an Eddie Haskell in the life, right? If you know, leave it to Beaver at all. There's, you know, there's, there's innocent Beaver and there's, there's the Eddie Haskells who, well, hi, Mrs. Cleaver. You sure look lovely today, but, but leading their kid, her kids into sin. 
Eddie Haskell's always exist. Uh, but we can see where people are headed relationally. Uh, junior high and high school, we could see people that liked each other. Remember those were like, he likes you. No, he doesn't. But you could see it. And, and sometimes as Christians, we can see people heading in a direction that we know is not a good way. We know it's not a good destination. And so our job really is to be as many roadblocks as we can on the path to hell that people that are just choosing to serve the devil. All right, we all have our blind spots. And so today is more of a teaching. And are you okay if I just teach? Because that's what we're going to do. Um, I'm not really in a preach mode. I'm in a teach mode. And so when we approach it that way, we're going to look at a story that Jesus tells. And um, I believe that this story really happened um, in my whole studies of the Bible for pretty much my whole life. Uh, parables do not have names. Jesus tells this story and he names three, there's three different characters that are named in it. And so I have every reason to believe uh, that this was a true event. Um, and you look at the source, who said it? It was Jesus, right? So he's the word. And so we're going to look at it from that standpoint that Jesus tells a story that, again, I believe really happened. From birth, life on earth is a layover. It's not the final destination. And one of my little illustrations today is, is a simple candle that the, the moment that you were born, okay, or the moment that you are conceived, I should say, we'll get that clear, uh, that you have the breath of life in you, okay? You have the breath of life. The moment you're born, your, your flame is seen. But the moment this thing starts to burn is the moment it also starts to die. As a candle, it will not last forever, all right? The, the flame either will burn all the way out and it'll run out of fuel and it'll eventually die, okay? Or it'll get blown out. But you are like this flame, okay? You have life, you have reason, you have purpose, and, and Jesus you know, wants us to be a light in a dark world. At the same time, we'll talk about the heat. And so I need a volunteer for the rest of my message to hold their hand immediately in the flame. Um, so that if you want to, yeah, I had a smart aleck first service too that raised their hand, Cammie. Um, you'd last about two seconds. And, uh, you know, because, because fire is hot. Now I can tell you that that fire is hot. If you've never touched it and you could disagree with me, you could say, well, I don't even believe in fire. All right. Well, there's, there's a moment when even people who don't believe in hell are going to realize that it's real, that it's real, that it is an eternal destination. So we want to talk about eternity today. Um, if you've ever booked a ticket on an airline, okay, you usually will go to your computer and, and it will ask you where you want to go. But first it asks you where you are. Like, where are you flying from and where are you flying to? Um, if you're flying out of Boise, it's B-O-I, okay? And it'll say Boise, Idaho. And wherever you're flying to, let's say it's Maui, just for fun. All right? Yeah. One of my favorite places. Okay, Maui is O-G-G. All right? So you type in B-O-I to O-G-G, and it will tell you uh, times when different flights leave. It will give you options. It will tell you how much it's going to cost. And, and as, a, as a human... Our starting point really wasn't our choice. We were born where we were born, but where your destination is, is absolutely your choice, yeah. where you want to end up. How many of you would get on an airplane um, and you know, you're leaving Boise and you get on and you're like, well, where are we even going? And the pilot says, I have no idea. We're just going to get in and fly. Uh, not many of you, maybe some of you adventurous people would get on, but, but what if you looked at your itinerary and it said Boise and the final destination was Pacific Ocean? I would hope you would question that, all right? And you can say, well, I don't believe in the Pacific Ocean, okay? And not just the Pacific, but bottom of the Pacific Ocean, or maybe in the water with sharks, okay? If it had those details, I don't think there would be a sane person that would click, yes, let's try that. 
Now, we want to know where our final destination is. So as we talk about eternity, I need you to understand that where you end up is 100% your decision. It's your decision, 100%. And the moment of death, okay, and what happens in that instant, we'll talk about that. Uh, the moment you take your last breath on this earth, your decision is final. There are some religions that, that teach that you can get baptized for the dead, for people who maybe didn't accept Christ or didn't follow God, and you can actually you know, determine their eternal destination by you getting baptized. That is just not true, and it's not biblical. It's not biblical. Jesus teaches the moment that you breathe your last, your decision is final. Uh, there's religions that teach that hell is not real, and that is exactly what Satan would love for you to believe. Okay? He would love for you to believe that hell is not real. Why? Because you'll likely end up there. I would like to tell you that prison is not real, all right? There's a big building out here just east of town. It's got lots of lights, but there's no prisoners in there, okay? You could be a contheist, right? I don't believe in cons, uh, like an atheist. I don't believe in God. I can't see. what, well, can you see the prisoners? No, but do you believe that there's prisoners there? Okay, have you ever been in there? Most of you probably like, no. Well, then how do you know? Well, just because I know. Right? So we, we, have, we can believe that. And some people choose to not believe in God. Well, I can't see God. Well, the Bible says that if you look at creation, there's God. Like this didn't come out of muck, right? Even if one human came out of muck, how was there another human that came that you could reproduce what you are? Right? So science proves that there is a God. So I want to talk to you about eternity. Again, I, just, I asked you to just open up your heart. Uh, we're going to read the story as it is. Uh, I'm going to tell you where my opinions are. Okay? And, and you can come to your own conclusion as to whether you want to spend um, eternity in a non-smoking or a smoking section. Okay? Hell is real, hell is hot. Yeah. So we'll read the story and then we'll talk about it. Again, this is just a teaching, so just kind of sit back, relax, um, enjoy your coffee. Unless you're not right with God, then I want you to be scared to death. Because I had a preacher at 13 years old preach on hell, and it scared it out of me, even though I was probably already saved. Um, it, it, man, he, he was so convincing. I was like, I was the first one down there. Uh, there was no flames or anything, but in my heart, there was flames. It was like, I need to know that I know that I know that I'm right with Jesus. All right, so Luke chapter 16, 19 through 31, the story is called The Rich Man and Lazarus. And again, this is Jesus speaking. Anytime we read the word, we have to look uh, at the source Okay, it's always important to consider the source. Like when you hear something, you, if you know who said it, it's credible or not credible. I've had things said, you know, about to me, and I'm like, oh, that just doesn't sound right. So we have to consider the source here. The source is Jesus himself. He, he is the one that's telling the story. He was there at the beginning. He was there in eternity. So somewhere along the line, he saw this happen, and he's relaying the story to people. And here's how he starts it. He said, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. So this guy was in bad shape. Now, parables in the Bible don't have names. Okay, any parable that I've ever read in the Bible, there's, no, there's characters. It'll say a father, a son, whatever. But here there's actually names used, and there will be three names that are mentioned in the story. So the fact that Jesus uses a name, a man named Lazarus, okay, gives me reason to believe that this really happened. It was a real event. So dogs came and looked his source. The time came, and it always does, guys, it always does, when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell, or Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and he saw Abraham far away. 
with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things and now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between you and I, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. And he answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And he said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. And remember, Jesus is, is telling the story here. So let's go back and let's talk about some of the things that, um, that I've studied, that I've looked at just from a human standpoint. Um, and again, we got to consider the source, but the title is The Destination is in the Decision. Now, there are two types of people in the world, two types of people here today. There are those who are saved from hell and those who are not. That's all there is. There is no middle ground. There is no riding the fence on heaven and hell. Either you are going to heaven or you are going to hell based on your decision. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've repented of your sins, you are going to heaven. You might struggle through this world. You might battle addiction. You might go through things, but you've given your life to Christ. Your name is in the book of life. And for that, you can rejoice, right? The rest is just a battle. We're on our way. But if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, your name is not in the book of life. Hell is the default place that you will go to spend eternity in agony and torment paying for your own sins, right? Jesus came to pay for our sins, but you have to accept the gift. It's like a gift with your name on it set under the Christmas tree. You have to get the gift in order for it to be effective. The gift is given, but you have to receive it. And so if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I hope that you will today. All right, we had somebody give their heart to Christ in the first, first service, and I hope that there's more um, in the second service or online. So you're either saved or you're not. You're either in or you're out. You either have a ticket to Disneyland or you do not. Okay, happiest place on earth, right? Not anymore, not with the prices, um, all right? And, uh, and so either you can get in with a ticket or you can't. There is no in-between, right? Any type of event, you either have the ticket or you don't. Your name is either in the book of life or it's not. There's two characters we're going to talk about today um, that are deeply involved in this story. There's a rich man, and there's a poor crippled man named Lazarus. Now, there's not a lot of details about their past, We don't know how they got there. We know that the rich man appeared to have everything going for him on the outside. How he dressed, he dressed in purple, he dressed nice. Where he lived, he lived in somewhat of a mansion that was a gated community. Um, What he ate, he loved good food, and he had it. It says he lived in luxury every day. So just because things are good on the outside does not mean things are good on the inside. How do we know that his heart was not right with God? We look at where he ended up. He ended up in hell. So what appeared to be great on the outside, his heart was not right with God. What Jesus says about him basically is telling us that he lived for himself. Now, Lazarus, the poor guy, his name is Lazarus. It's a Hebrew form of Eleazar, which means God is my help. Okay, there's something in his name. He was crippled. He was probably paralyzed because we gathered when it says he was laid at the gate. He couldn't get there by himself. 
that somebody had to carry him to the gate. And he begged. And it said that he longed okay, to eat from the, the rich man's table. It never says that he ate from the rich man's table. It says that he longed to. He just wanted the scraps. And again, it never says that he was given the scraps. It just says he wanted to. Ladies, it's like window shopping or shopping online. Just because you're looking at it and longing for it doesn't mean it's going to get delivered. Unless it's my house and there's Amazon, then that might not be true. But all right, but because we can buy stuff very fast. But longing isn't the same as getting. But he had these sores enough that dogs would come and lick his sores. So Lazarus, he was in bad shape. He was completely dependent on everybody else. But where did he end up? He ended up in heaven. What does that tell us? That tells us that through his suffering, through his pain, through his, his position in life, he still had a relationship with God that God recognizes as this is a guy that believes in me. No matter what he's gone through, no matter what he's facing, he put his faith in me. Again, for both men, we don't know how they get to their place in life. We don't know how the rich man became rich. We don't know if it was an inheritance, if he had a good business. We don't know if he stole from people. We don't know his position. All we can see is the result, the superficial stuff on the outside to say this guy has it all together. Now, for the poor guy, we don't know how he became crippled. Was he born that way? Was there an accident? What happened? What kind of family did he grow up in? Who was it that took him to the gate? Why did he have sores? Probably because he couldn't turn himself. So he was in bad shape, but we don't know how he got into bad shape. All that we know was he was in bad shape. Now, in this culture, this culture was brutal. Okay, Jesus actually addresses some, some of the things, cultural things of how did this guy get to be where he was? The rich man obviously is, is favored by God because he's rich and he lives in a nice place and everything seems to go good for him. But this Lazarus guy, he must have some secret sin in his life because that was taught in this culture. If you had something bad happen to you, you must have sin in your life. Wouldn't that be a terrible way for people to look at you? All right, I, ha I had this happen to me, okay? It was several years ago, um, I got sick and it was, it, it, I have a little bit of asthma and I was having a hard time breathing and talking uh, in my asbestos. And, and the rumor was, Stem, he must have some sin in his life. That really, that came back to me. I was like, are you kidding? Like, I know I got sin in my life, but I don't, that's not what's causing this, all right? Um, and and I, I, I was accused of that. And I thought that was kind of hurtful for somebody to think he must have the secret sin. And that's why, you know, an inhaler fixed it. You know, so maybe, you know, an inhaler is of Jesus. Maybe it's a spirit. You breathe in and everything's fine. Uh, but if you have asthma, you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to, to not be able to breathe, all right? But in this culture, again, I believe that Lazarus would look down on because sin must have caused it. And I think the rich man had this pompous idea, well, well you've sinned, so I'm not going to help you out because it never says anything about the rich man helping him. Although we aren't given many details of their entire life situation, we're given what really matters, and that's where they end up. We're given where they spend eternity. Your internal, uh, eternal destination is so important. Again, as humans, we're fascinated with fame and ability, athletes, entertainers, but their character is what really matters. Okay, if you're anything like me, I can see somebody who's good at what they do, whether they're a singer or an athlete, but if I know their character is bad, I don't look at them the same. I was like, yeah, they have a great ability, but their character is terrible. Right? Character is so important to me. Verse 22, it says, the time came, and it always does. Your time will come. As a pastor, I, I have the opportunity to do a lot of funerals. In the last 31 years, I've done a lot of funerals. So for me, I think death is, a, is more of a reality than the average person, because I, 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 I'm with people that you know, they have family die. I do the funerals, and, and I, I see the hopelessness in a family that does not know Jesus, 
and I see the sadness, but a great hope in the families that do know Jesus. And I will tell you that I'd much rather do a, a funeral of somebody who believed in Jesus than the one that is not. I don't lie. If, if I don't know where the person went, I don't say they're in heaven. I don't do that. That's, that's not my job. What I do say is if they could come back and give you five minutes of their time, they would say, get right with God. Regardless, whether they're in heaven or hell, they would tell you, get right with God. Uh, and so again, because I'm a realist, because I'm a literal person, you're either in hell or you're in heaven. Um, and I, I will not say, yeah, they're in heaven. I, I just can't say that, okay? I'm just, it's just like too honest because I don't know that. Now, what I do hope is maybe they had a last moment conversion. I will tell families that you don't know what happened in their last minutes. Maybe that seed that was planted of the gospel that they did cry out to Jesus, and I hope so. And here's what I do know is that you're gonna get to heaven and you're gonna look around and you're gonna be like, whoa, they're here? How'd they get here? How'd they get here? And you're gonna look around and go, where's my spouse? <laughs> Not quite sure, all right? We, we, we might have those moments. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I think that you'll recognize people why I believe that, all right? Lazarus, again, had this walk with God regardless of his, of his situation. And Jesus showed us something here. It says, the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. So his moment of death, the moment he took his last breath, he had angels carry him to Abraham's side. Now, if you're not a Bible scholar, haven't been in church much, you'd be like, what is Abraham's side? What in the world is he, are they talking about? Uh, Abraham, again, if you, if you know anything about the Old Testament, was like the father of nations. He was like the, the main guy. And Abraham's side is actually a, a it, it, it's, would be described to as paradise. It was like a holding place. On the, on the other side, I guess it's not, it's not jail or it's not prison, but it's jail on the hell side of things. Paradise is wonderful. Paradise is where Jesus went when he told the, the thief on the cross today, you will be with me in paradise. It's not the eternal heaven, okay, because there are new heavens and a new earth, but it is a wonderful place. As we will call heaven. The moment that you die as a Christian, you will experience things that you can't even imagine. The joy and the happiness and the peace, and there's no pain, there's no suffering, there's no tears, all right? So that's what, where Abraham was at this point, um, and, and that's where Lazarus got to go. Paradise, a temporary heaven, but it gets better. His destination tells us that he was right with God. For the Christian, the Apostle Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so you can know the moment of your last breath, according to what Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. There's not like this big waiting period. Some people call soul sleep, if you've ever heard of that. Um, I don't believe that's a biblical thing because to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. You know, and again, Jesus said that um, and Paul backed that up. I believe that we all have angels assigned to us. How many of you have angels? Some of you have two or three. Like, like you're, you need two or three. Like you're, a, you're ornery and, and God's like, no, you need two or three. Um, you're prone to to hurting yourself or whatever, but we all have angels around us. Um, I have some stories that I could tell you at a later time where I saw hands of angels, not literally, but things didn't happen that should have happened physically. Like there's no way that shouldn't have happened. Something stopped it. I have, I have stories that I saw, which I absolutely believe angels prevented some things from taking place. All right, I think your angel probably carries you uh, to paradise or to heaven. And the rich man, if angels carry a believer to heaven, what do you think carries a non-believer to heaven? Personally, I believe that it's probably demons. 
All right, there, there are fallen angels, there are evil entities. Um, you know, some of you know the story of my grandma where um, she died and she just tells the story. She's just a godly woman and she says, yep, I died and, and I saw myself above my trailer. My neighbor was walking across the, you know, the road at the, t- the trailer park that she lived in. Um, she saw her neighbor come through her door and she's laying, she saw her body laying on the bed and she was just floating above it and it was just peaceful. Like just peace was like the presence of God. And then she came back into her body and lived and then she got to experience it again. Uh, another lady, I was in the hospital, I had my back surgery uh, and she wanted to talk to me. Okay, again, some of you know the story. She, she had brain surgery. She knew I was a pastor. She was a Christian. And she said, uh, Pastor Stan, I, I got to talk to you. Can I, I think I'm going crazy. And I said, what happened? She goes, can we, can we talk alone? <laughs> like, so we went further into the room and, and she says, I, I had this, I saw myself on, this, on, the, on the table. Like I was above looking down, they were operating on me and then they got the paddles and they shocked me. She said, but I was above and it was peaceful and everything was great, but I was watching them work. She's like, am I going nuts? I said, no, you died. Like you died and, and you felt peace because you're right with God, but God wasn't done with you yet. And so she's like, okay, good. Uh, it was kind of a cool moment. And I also know of someone who experienced demonic presence at the moment of death. Okay, where, where it was the worst imaginable thing that could happen. Um, and, and fortunately, they were able to come back as well. So personally, I know of people who experience both sides. So I believe that in this, this case here that the rich man was dragged down to hell uh, by demons. And I believe that that's how it happens. I always tell people that God doesn't send anybody to hell. You send yourself. Yes. You send yourself, okay, when you reject what Jesus did for you. So... Hades, again, it's a temporary place of agony until the lake of fire spoken of in Revelation comes about. Hades is hot. It's, it's, a, it's a burning thing. But again, it's a temporary thing to an eternal destination. But eternity has begun for both of them. The moment they took their last breath, eternity has begun. I want to point out in verse 23 that they both had their senses, okay? So what do you feel in heaven? What do you feel in hell? Do you have your senses? Can you see? Can you hear? Can you touch? Can you taste? The answer is yes, okay? According to this story that Jesus tastes, if people are burning forever, obviously they can feel pain, but they're never burned up. And it says in hell, when he was in torment, okay? When he was in torment, he looked up. He looked up. I believe that. I believe that at least current hell is in the center of the earth. We know that it's hot. We know that it's molten. Uh, but somehow he looks up and he sees. Okay, he saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he looks up and he sees a man that I believe he never met. Abraham and Jesus, it was about 2,000 years in between them. So whenever this story happened, okay, Jesus was there from the beginning of time. Whenever the story happened, I, I personally believe that this rich man had never met Abraham. Didn't have a Facebook friendship, didn't go, oh, I recognize this guy. Matter of fact, I had a guy, this is a weird story. I didn't tell this first service. I had a guy recognize me this hunting season um, in Horseshoe Bend. And I stopped, I was looking, these two guys killed a bull. And so we were talking, uh, they killed a really nice bull. So we we're talking, this next guy, he stops and, and we start talking and he looks at me. He says, do you pastor a church in CUNA? I had no idea who this guy was. I was like, yeah, how did you know that? And he said, well, I got some friends that go there. I said, well, have you ever been? He said, no, but I must, I must, I recognize you from like a Facebook post or something. 
And I'm like, I can't even go hunting in the mountains without escaping, like uh, somebody that knows me. So I have to really watch myself. Um, his name is Cliff. And again, he knows the, the Stairs family. And, um, and I thought that was kind of cool. I'm like, wow, I'm even recognized in the woods, um, which is terrifying at the same time. All right. So I have to be careful how I behave wherever I'm at. Uh, but I thought that was interesting that he recognized me just from a picture. Well, the, the rich man here recognizes who Abraham is. Okay, I believe having never met him, but he looks up, he sees Abraham, and he calls out Father Abraham, and then he says, send Lazarus. He recognizes Lazarus. So there's two people when, he, when he's in, as in hell, he, he recognizes who they are. He calls out to him. He says, Father Abraham, knowing like he knew who he was, like the father of nations. Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus. Here he is giving orders, all right? Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water so that I may cool my tongue. He is not asking for a bottle of water. He is not asking for a lot of water. What he is asking is simply for Lazarus to be sent to, tip, to dip the tip of his finger, just a drop. He is in so much pain. That is all he's asking for. Wow. That's all he's saying. He just said, just, will you send Lazarus just to just dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. And if anybody tries to tell you that hell is not hot, I hope that you would look at this story and say hell is absolutely hot. That the guy would ask just for a drop of water on the tip of, of Lazarus's finger to cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. He is feeling stuff. He is seeing stuff. He is sensing stuff. He's hearing things. So he has all of his senses. And I think your senses are probably enhanced in eternity. The problem with the hell thing is that you never burn up. You never disappear. It never, never ends. They both have their senses. He sees, he recognizes, he feels burning, he feels thirst. And he says, have pity on me. And my question there would be, did he have pity on Lazarus? He's asking for something that maybe he didn't give in his lifetime. How many times did he go out of his gate and see that old beggar that just keeps showing up every day? Did he ever feed him? Did he ever give him any scraps? Or did he say, you know what? You did what you did. You deserve your position. And I'm too high of a person to even speak to you. We don't know what happened, but obviously the rich man didn't do anything that impressed God. He had the riches, he had the glory, he had the fame, he had everything, but he ended up in hell. And nothing that you can get on this earth is worth eternity in hell, guys. Not one thing. There's no sin that's worth it. He said, remember, remember, there's a memory here, okay? He said, you had it good on earth, but you didn't serve God. Remember, I think part of hell is remembering what you could have had, what you could have had. You served yourself, and now you're paying for it. Well, let's talk about Lazarus for a moment. Lazarus suffered, he said, but served God through his suffering. He said, and now he is living in luxury for all of eternity. Like the luxury you experienced, rich man, on the earth was just a just little flash in the pan. But the luxury that Lazarus now gets to spend, okay, all the things that he went through, the suffering, the sores, everything he went through, all of a sudden was basically erased because he gets eternity in heaven with Jesus, he gets eternity in heaven with the living God. And I believe that when we get there, we're going to know who Lazarus is. The hard stuff he faced will be a distant memory. He endured it and he made it. It was worth it. So my question for you today, whether you're here or online or watching this later, is are you going through suffering? As a Christian, you're going to face suffering. As a Christian, you're going to go through some hard things. 
My advice to you, my encouragement is that the destination is worth it. Keep going, guys. Keep going. Okay, what you're facing through, just continue to get through. Think about Lazarus. Think about having somebody having to pack him to the gate every day just to eat because he didn't have government assistance, right? It was like, you're only going to live if people feed you. He had the sores. He couldn't walk. He depended on everybody else. But somehow in his heart, in his mind, he still knew who God was and he still served him. And now he's paying for it in eternity with good stuff. Luxury forever. That your current body is not you. And some of you say, amen. amen. Your current body is not you. You are just a container that holds you. I liken it to a helium balloon. Like the, the balloon is not the helium. It just contains the helium. You are the helium. Your spirit is the helium. And if you're a Christian, it goes up. Amen. Amen. I'm not sure what chemical goes down that can fill a balloon. But if you're not saved, that's what you are. As soon as the balloon pops, you're released. And I, 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 that's how I visualize death. But I, I'm going up, baby. Just call me a little bit of helium. When my balloon pops, I'm going up, okay? That, that's that's that, why, because it's my decision to, to live a life for Jesus Christ, okay? Jesus had this glorified body when he came back, if you know the story, uh, that didn't need blood to live anymore. Somehow he, he, was a, he was physical, but he could walk through walls. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Boo. <laughs> like, like you could really get people, right? You could get your kids. Um, I would do it to my wife all the time, right? Uh, I, I would do that. I, I talk about practice quieting. Sometimes I'll walk in the house and she doesn't know I'm there and I'll just stand there. Um, it's, I, I enjoy it. It's kind of like part of my evilness of just, just creep. I creep on her sometimes and it kind of freaks her out. Um, but it keeps the marriage interesting. Um, it does. Yeah. Jesus didn't have blood to live anymore. He had a glorified body. How do I know that? Well, he had holes in his hands and he still had a hole in his side. And he could walk through walls, okay? So we get glorified bodies. We get new bodies, all right? And I'm glad about that. I'm glad about that. I joked for years that, you know, the perfect body height was six foot two in heaven. And my joke was when I get there, it's actually eight foot and I'm getting six two because that's what I wanted. I'm still going to be short for eternity. And you know, but who knows? But your current body isn't you. Okay, it's just a container. So how long is eternity? How long is eternity? Um, I heard a story one time that it stuck in my mind from a guy that was, was helping me with a youth group uh, years ago, a guy who got saved in his late 60s. He became one of my best youth leaders, and he was, he was an old-retired truck driver. So there was, yeah, there was a little rough edges that I had to, to, to help this guy through, but man, he was an amazing, amazing guy. And he told this story that I love about how long is eternity, and he said, okay, you get a dove, and you, you tie a leather strap to its leg, and you tie a feather onto the, the leather strap. It flies around the earth, over Mount Everest. And every time it goes over Mount Everest, that feather just touches the top of Mount Everest. He said, by the time that dove knocks Everest down flat, that's one second in eternity. It's like, man, that was a good description. All right, that's a good description. Eternity is something we can't even imagine. Eternity is long for the Christian Eternity, there's no problems ever again. That's why we approach this message with thankfulness. If you are saved and you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you don't, man, if you walk out of this place bummed out, all right, the reason you would be bummed out was because somebody you know went to hell, or at least you suspect that they did. That, that's where the, but for the Christian, we can walk out with the thankfulness saying, Jesus, you saved me from this. You saved me from eternal torment. You saved me from uh, hell. And it was nothing that I could do to save myself. And that's why you came now. You saved me. I accepted you. And that's the only reason I'm going to heaven is because what you did. You paid for my sins, okay? No problem ever again. Not one thing ever goes wrong forever. 
in heaven, ever. The word ouch will never be uttered in heaven. And if it does, it will be me. I'll be like, just kidding. <laughs> there ain't no pain here, right? Because I'm going to mess with you all in heaven too. I, I will do that, all right? Ouch will never be meant, meant uttered in heaven, but every moment it will be screamed in hell. So that, again, that's just the reality of it. Hell is hot. I think all of us have probably burned ourselves on something. Um, I burned my knuckle recently. I was bending some metal with my torch and it wasn't glowing anymore, but my hand rested on it. It got my knuckle and it got me. I mean, it was through my glove. It, it created a blister and I was like, man, that's hot. I can't imagine eternity like that. So God has made it so easy for you to escape eternity in hell. Uh, Satan does not want you to believe in hell. His, that would be his biggest deception. If he can get you to not believe that hell is real, he's got you, right? There's got to be consequences to our punishment. So Abraham is saying to the rich man, son, he calls him son. It's amazing. He calls him father and son. So there's a relationship there, even though it's separated. You made a choice. You put the pleasure ahead of serving God, and now you're paying for it. See, no sin, again, is worth eternity in hell. And he says, even if I could send Lazarus, Okay, even if that was possible, he goes, it's impossible because there is a chasm fixed between us. I, or I liken it to the Grand Canyon with no bottom. There is no way to go from heaven to hell and hell to heaven. That's why, again, I believe that you can't be saved for somebody who didn't make that choice, right? You made your decision and your decision is sealed. So then he thinks about life on earth, okay? And I know there's probably a lot of questions that you guys have, probably a lot of questions that I can't answer, all right? He says this, Will you send Lazarus back to earth to tell my five brothers? He knew he had five brothers. He knew he had five brothers that were probably not right with God. Will you send Lazarus back to tell my five brothers? Because I don't want them to come to this place in agony. Again, it, it, the word phrase go to hell should never be mentioned from a Christian because we don't understand really what that connotates and how hot that is. He has this memory of his family on this earth. And Abraham said, even if we could, I, I, it's not going to happen, okay? He says, they have Moses, again, another name, and the prophets to let them, uh, he says, let them listen to them. And what he's talking about in Moses is not necessarily the physical Moses, but Moses brought the spoken word, okay? He delivered the Ten Commandments. Um, it was what Moses wrote. It was the law that he wrote. And he's saying, let them listen to Moses' writings, Okay, and that's enough for you to give your heart to God. And, and he's like, well, that won't be enough. Send somebody back from the dead. And again, I, I wonder how Jesus felt when he said this. Okay, they won't even listen if somebody comes back from the dead because we know many people don't accept the fact that Jesus, they, they might believe he came back, but they don't accept the message. The decision is yours. The decision is yours, all right? Jesus is again talking here. I'll be back and there will be those who still don't believe in me. If in this place you have suffered rejection, and I know that every person has, every one of you have suffered rejection from somebody, something you've given a gift or love or whatever, and you got rejected, imagine what God must feel on a daily basis where he gave his son only to have his son and the gift rejected. And that, that's, that would be pretty painful to know. I gave my only son for you, but you still reject me. I want the best for you. God says, I want you in heaven with me for eternity. I don't want you to go to hell. The Bible is actually pretty clear that hell was made for, for Satan and his demons to spend eternity. It wasn't intended for humans. But without repentance, without giving our lives to Jesus Christ, we will pay for our own sins in hell for eternity. And I'm going to choose Jesus over that. Right? I'm going to choose heaven over, over a flame. So where is your walk with God today? Where is your walk with God? You see, why we exist here, because again, this whole lesson brings us back to why we exist 
as a church family and what our mission is. And I want to answer the questions. Why do we exist here at Change Life Church? Why, why do we do what we do? And three things that I came up with, and I'm sure there's more, but here's three things that, that popped into my mind is number one, to give hope to the hopeless. Like we want to create an atmosphere as a church family when somebody walks through these doors hopeless, like life is just not worth living, that we would offer them some hope to say, no, God has a purpose. He has a plan for your life. Yeah, you're going through some stuff. We're not going to deny that. Life is hard, but God has a plan and God has a purpose for you. Just like he did in Lazarus. And who knows who's in heaven because of Lazarus's testimony. He's laying by the gate. He's got dogs licking his swords and he's probably going, ain't God good. Got some food, (laughs) but ain't God good. I'm hungry, but God is so good. I think Lazarus was probably a bright light. Maybe every day when the rich man came out with his chariot, Lazarus was like, bro, you're gonna go to hell if you don't get right with God. We don't know if he was like this flaming evangelist or not. But I wanna think that he was, right? He had this attitude that he was gonna serve God regardless of the situation. So our heart as a church is to give hope to the hopeless of our community. Number two is to encourage the discouraged. I know many of you, you come in and you had a rough week. Like, that's why we do our Wednesday night service. We have a full service, not this coming Wednesday, it's because your families and stuff in town. But our Wednesday night is a night of worship and, and the word of God. And we take it serious. I mean, it's like a full church service. And I, believe, I, I call it like the midweek recharge because a lot of y'all get beat up the first three days. You go back to work Monday and by Wednesday, you're like, ah. Our goal for our Wednesday night is to, to leave you encouraged when you walk in here, maybe discouraged because it happens to all of us. And the third thing is, is to cheer on those who are doing their best to serve God. Amen. And I add a little bit to it, Scott, but, or maybe those who aren't doing their best. <laughs> hey, we're still here to cheer you on, right? Just keep going, keep going, keep going. God's got your back. God has a plan for you. His plan is good. And, and though it doesn't matter what you're facing right now, that God will do something through it as he did in Lazarus. So when you're having a bad day, I want you to go back and read Lazarus' predicament and say, yeah, mine's not that bad. I'm not paralyzed laying at somebody's gate hoping for a few scraps just so I can live. Oh, yeah, and and don't forget about the dogs coming to lick my source. Okay? I had a little interesting conversation this morning with my wife because my dog, I was reading my Bible, and my dog, she comes up, she has this little patter. She waits for me to get my coffee. I sit down with my Bible, and she jumps up on the couch. Well, Chris was in her spot this morning, so there was a predicament uh, with two females wanting my attention. Um, And... uh, Actually, Chris was reading her devotional, but, but the dog jumps up and, 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 and so I start petting her. Well, she starts licking my hand. Hey, Chris is like, that's gross. Stop it. And I was like, you invited her up here. Like, you, it's kind of mean. You come on, Maddie. And then quit. Um, it was just my moment. And so, and, and so I don't mind the dog licking my hand because I said, my love language is physical touch. I said, that's just her telling me she loves me. Yeah. That's how I, yeah. And then Chris is like, that's disgusting. It's not. Um, and so like to each his own. I think it's more the noise that bothers her, like that. And then, um, you know, and, and it's not like I put my hand on Chris's face afterwards. I washed my hands, right? Um, so there are germs that I get that. I, I wash my hands. But it's my dog's like only way of saying, I love you. That's how I take that anyway. Um, so in this case, even the dogs came and licked his sores. Like he was in bad shape, but somehow his heart was in the right place. He went through a lot of suffering, but his heart stayed right with God. Somehow he praised his way through it and he gets to spend eternity in heaven, all right? So two things we learn from the rich man of Lazarus. So I, this is, I wanna leave us with this. Number one is to get right with God if you're not. Like if you are here today or you're watching online or you're watching this later on our YouTube channel, get right with God. 
If you're not right, if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, I hope that this lesson scares it out of you. I hope that you realize, am I going to, am I going to bet my eternity on what I think? Well, I don't believe in God. There's going to be a day that you do. The Bible does say that every knee will bow before God. And are you going to let your opinion really determine your eternal destination? Do you know how foolish that sounds? Like, well, this is what I think. or what I can, can you, Guys, the moment that you breathe your last is the moment you will enter into eternity. Heaven or hell, that's just how it is. And I know sometimes we try to understand and we try to overthink and we try to figure God out. And, and it's like, if you wait till you understand, you will never accept him. If you wait till you understand your iPhone or Droid or whatever else they make these days, if you wait till you completely understand your phone, you will never buy one. If you wait till you understand how your car works, every part of it before you drive, you will never drive one. And so we take this approach to God, well, I can't figure him out, so I'm not gonna believe in him. That, that is foolishness, and the Bible says that is foolishness. Not that you are foolish, okay, but that is a foolish behavior. There's nothing more that God wants in this Thanksgiving season than for you, if you're not saved, to get saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved from what we just talked about. He sent his son Jesus to make it super simple for us that all we have to do is say, Jesus, I am a sinner and I need a savior. I need forgiveness. I need forgiveness. Guys, your candle is burning. It's burning. And a lot of us think, you know, I have all the way down, but we never know at what moment your life gets snuffed out. Because you wake up one day, you don't think that's how I'm going to end. That's how the day is going to end. It happens that fast. It happens that fast. The thing is, be ready. Amen. And those of you who have given your lives to Jesus Christ, I hope right now you're kind of a little more excited than you were when you came in. Like, wow, I got saved from this. Like, I, I got a chance, a second chance at life. I was on my way to hell and I didn't even know it, man. I was just, I was a good sinner, right? Russell says, I was a sinner and I was good at it, right? I was good at it. We were all pretty good at it. But Jesus came to take away our sins. And I love that. That helps me to wake up thankful every day that I don't have to spend eternity in hell. And it's not anything that I did that was good. It was all what Jesus did for me. Amen, that's something to be thankful of. So if you bow your heads with me just for a moment, this question, you, you gotta deal with this. You gotta deal with this and, and not dealing with it, you are choosing hell. That's why I tell people, you, to, to not choose heaven is to choose hell because that's the default. That if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, let me be clear, if you've given your life to him, guys, your name is in the book of life. You don't have to wake up every morning and go, am I saved, am I not saved? If you're asking the question, you're probably very right with God. Okay, do we struggle through some things? Absolutely. But either your name is written in the book of life or it's not written in the book of life. To get your name written in the book of life, okay, when you become old enough to understand things, you have to ask Jesus to be your savior. And if you've never done that and you want to, I'm gonna ask if you just raise your hand up where I can see it. I'm not gonna point you out or embarrass you, but I do wanna pray with you so that you can walk out of this building today absolutely knowing where you will go when you die. And I'm not gonna take a lot of time here. If that's you, if God's, if usually when it happened to me, my heart was beating really, really hard. It was like God was dealing with me. Is there anybody that needs to give their life to Jesus today? Just lift your hand up where I can see it. Okay, all right. I don't see any hands. All right, look up at me. Do you promise me that if you go out of this parking lot today and you breathe your last, that heaven will be your home. Amen. And if you don't know, if you don't know, pray that prayer before the day ends, okay? Pray the prayer before the day ends. Don't walk in this place going, I didn't pray, did I miss it? No, you didn't. Well, yeah, you missed it now. 
But this is a limited time offer. Okay? It is. The moment you die, the moment is gone, all right? Back to the Christian, okay? That some of you may feel maybe dead inside, but I want you to know that God put a fire in you on purpose, okay? He gave you a fire and he gave you fuel. And what I want you to do, what I encourage you to do is, is number one, to be a light in a dark world. That's what God has asked us to do. Be a light in a dark world and use the time that God has given you for the glory of God, okay? Do fun stuff as a Christian. As a Christian, you should have so much fun. Seriously. Sometimes we think Christians should just be boring. Would, would the world want what we have if we're boring? Like if, if a non-Christian walked into this building during our praise and worship time through singing, would they be like, wow, they really believe in the God they're singing about? Or would it be this stoic, quiet, like who would want to go to a sporting event where everybody just doesn't say nothing? I mean, that's golf, but I don't know if that's a sporting event. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, but a team sports, what, what is it with the crowd that's cheering on, right? We're like, we believe in something. And that's what I believe church needs to be. Now we have churches that are very quiet, but our church is not very quiet. We are a charismatic Pentecostal church, at least in name. Sometimes I wish I was a little more Pentecostal, right? But, but I wanna have something that people go, I want what he's got. <laughs> he's kind of weird, but he's got an excitement about something. And it's what Jesus did in my life, amen? Passion will draw people. They need to know that there's something beyond, okay, what they experience in life. So, hey, love you all, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Um, again, no Wednesday night service. Uh, this Saturday, 11 o'clock, where we'll be uh, celebrating uh, Marty Elhart's life here um, at the church facility. And so, again, thank you for everybody who came and tore down the stuff. And, um, you know, people have asked me the question with the building, hey, I want to help. Okay, what, we're, what we'll do is we will set a, a timeline of how things are going to happen. Um, it's not going to go super fast, okay, if you've been a part of a building project. And so everybody will have a part to do something, even if it's, hey, go pick up nails. Um, if you want to use your car to do that, you can drive through the burn pile today. Um, just like that's how we got rid of the goat heads on our facility. Everybody parked in the overflow parking because you didn't get here early enough to park on the asphalt. And that's your fault. Um, unless you have children. All right. But I'm excited about this building project. It's going to be great. Um, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Leave this place knowing heaven is going to be my home. And this, this temporary suffering is going to be just temporary. All right. Eternity in heaven with you guys is going to be amazing. Love you. Have a wonderful day. And we will see you next Sunday.